You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. At Sporting News, now you'll find my latest article there with fantasy football, the Fantasy Football Bust 2021 Do Not Draft List. So these are guys that absolutely that we will draft at some point if their value merits it but we're going to avoid them at their current ranking in ADP just not players that we're interested in too much in reaching for we don't think we're going to get the value for in the different stages of the draft from very early to the middle rounds uh, they're trying to Find people that can help your team across positions. These are the main four positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We broke down the rankings, the risers, fallers, uh, sleepers, busts, the stock watch there with all four positions. Now we're going to put them all together here and look at uh, my busts. Again, these are guys that I think are a bit overrated either by drafters or the industry or both in this situation. So... We'll break that down for you. So a lot of players to discuss. We'll dive into it quickly. I do have to tell you about Peacock and Williamson here on the network. And for analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson hosts Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight in every game, team, and move. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, just like the show. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let us go into the do not draft list. How we'll do it is we'll break down uh, quarterbacks in our first segment there and uh, get, start there and then get into the running backs, wide receivers, and then close looking at the tight ends. That makes a lot of sense. So let's uh, take the quarterbacks and uh, spend a little bit more time on them. Lamar Jackson is uh, on my list here. He's ADP 45 as of... The most recent expert consensus analysis on fantasy pros. He's 56th among the quarterbacks there overall. So he's a QB4 right now. Lamar Jackson, there's some issues here. I don't love the way this passing game is going right now. Looked like on paper they upgraded, but now you have uh, Rashad Bateman hurt for a little bit. Tylen Wallace not quite ready to see the field. Sammy Watkins is really their key replacement here over Willie Sneed and some of the guys they've had in the past. So I'm going to temper my expectations by Lamar putting up big numbers in the passing game. The running game we know is a high floor for him, but when I look at Lamar Jackson, is he as good there? Do I feel as comfortable taking him right now as uh, Patrick Mahomes? We know he's going to go first off the board, but then you look at Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. No, I think I want to go up around earlier a few picks earlier to get Allen or Murray and not settle for Jackson. There's also a lot of good values we know there later in the QB1 realm, including Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. So do you want to be in the middle there, or do you want to go for like uh, even the next tier, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, that group here behind Mahomes, and then the drop-off drop a little bit to Allen Murray, but then I think Jackson... 
I don't think you're going to get that return close to those three. It's going to be more with the next tier. So that's what I'm looking at. Jackson, just a bit overrated. He has avoided injury, but the way he runs a little bit puts him in that way. And we know the COVID-19 thing. Again, that could end him on real missing time. He's already had it twice. He's uh, thinking about the vaccination decision. That's a durability risk. I'm sorry. That's how we look at it in 2021. You could miss significant time. We know the NFL's protocols are very stingy, especially if you get it. So Lamar Jackson, again, that's not a big reason, but it is a reason, as well as the running style. And just simply, I think QB4 is too high of a price here. I think he's more QB7 to 8 range, and that's fine. But I'm not going to bang the table to try to get Lamar Jackson too early in my drafts. Next up is Jalen Hurts. We've liked Jalen Hurts. We've hated Jalen Hurts. He's a hard one, but as he keeps rising, I don't like him as much because, look, this is assumed that he's going to pick up where he left off last year. I know he had very good scoring, and that gives him some appeal, and that's why he's even in the QB1 conversation to begin with. He's got the running ability, we know, but really the passing is a lot of question mark here. We don't know Devonta Smith's health right now, Jalen Rieger trying to feel that out. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, uh, some other receivers have emerged there, Quez Watkins and all, and all that. But really, I don't know where you're going to get too much production. I don't think this Eagles offense is going to be all that dynamic. I think they're also going to lean more on the run here. Not just Miles Sanders, but m- mixing in Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. So a little bit of help for Hurts in that area. But again, I don't see this to be an explosive offense. And I want my quarterback to be tied to an explosive offense. I think they'll be pretty steady, have some successes, be above average. But... I'm not going to reach into high QB1 status. Again, I've talked about Burrow and Stafford, Baker Mayfield. Some of these guys behind Jalen Hurts certainly have a lot of appeal there. And not all those guys we know are running dependent either. So Hurts, the jury's still out. He could drop off here. He could be replaced. Anything could happen with the new coaching staff. I want to kind of avoid him and think of him more as a QB2 stash versus an every week play I'd feel comfortable about taking it 79 overall in the top 100. Now, you look at uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's next. I think the price tag is getting really high for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's going as QB 14 or 15. I liked it when he was going more QB 18 to 20, but this is too rich for me. I think you can get some good values right before, some decent players that could turn in similar value, including the fellow rookies there, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I know Lance and Fields, not guaranteed to start the way that Lawrence is, but I think Lance and Fields have more running upside. I know Lawrence can run and be effective doing that. But you also have a deep backfield here with Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Carlos Hyde. They want to be more run-centric team here. They might rein it in. And we've seen it with Russell Wilson, Darrell Bevel in this offense. It took a while to have Russell Wilson produce fantasy numbers, and he had to do it despite the offense, where it's more run-oriented, set up the deep passing, so maybe not the volume we were looking for from Lawrence here. I do like the weapons, DJ Chark, Levis Cachineau. And Marvin Jones at wide receiver, Etienne. you got some other options there to throw to. But, again, Lawrence, as the price goes up and the hype creates this guy. Look, he's a rookie unknown, however we slice it here. And Justin Herbert, he could pan out to be like that. He could be Joe Burrow to some degree, but then could have a devastating injury, and that's that. So, it is a not high rate of success when over-investing in a quarterback that went in the first round in reality. So, be careful where... You take him in what round there with Trevor Lawrence. Right now he's going as a 10 or 11 round pick. I think you could wait more 13 or 14 and feel better about him as a QB2 versus trying to slam him in there. I think he certainly has upside as a QB2, but I don't think you need to reach there, especially if you've just filled out QB1. In the same vein, in the same range, is Matt Ryan. 
look, it's going to be maybe more of a running team now with Arthur Smith taking over as the offensive coordinator. They'll focus on Mike Davis, the offensive line a little bit more. You have limited weapons as well between Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. You have two very good weapons, but who steps up next? Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst. There's some limitations there in this Falcons passing game. It is also the first year of yet another new offense for Matt Ryan, and we know that doesn't always work out well for Matt Ryan. So just looking at uh, him and his value, I think he's just cap. He doesn't give you any running upside there for the Falcons offense. So just be careful with Matt Ryan. Don't overrate him. Again, he is more in that QB2 range, regardless if you're in 12 or 14 team leagues. I like taking Lawrence a little bit down from that. I also like Ryan later as well. I don't want to reach to get Ryan here. I just don't see that production you're going to get back that uh, delivers your return on investment. This one is an absolute avoid for me anywhere he falls. It's Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers. I mean, look, the numbers were there a little bit. He got QB 14, but he needed 600 attempts, 33 TDs to get there. Now this team should transition more to a running team. They were the second most passing team in the NFL behind the Jaguars last year. So that's not what either team wants. They want some balance, protect their defense, help their defense. Different philosophies here. You have Matt Canada coming in at his offense corner. You have Bevel in the other situation. So, look, they don't not going to trust his arm too much here. They saw it in the playoffs. It, there are some real limitations here. His yards per attempt were pretty bad. here. So, just not a guy I want. I know his receivers are pretty good. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool a little bit more than uh, Juju Smith-Schuster at this point, but Again, Roethlisberger himself, I think Harris is going to change the touchdown situation there for Roethlisberger. I could still see him hit 30 touchdowns, but nowhere near 600 attempts. And keep in mind, that didn't get him to where he needed to be in the well over 4,000 yards. That did not happen for Ben Roethlisberger. So, someone you have to contain, QB 14, i just not interested in that type of player. That's the case with Lawrence, Ryan, and Roethlisberger. You don't really want someone on the borderline there when... You have the upside guys ahead, and you have upside guys below. The muddle middle is something good to avoid in fantasy football. Finally, last quarterback on my list before we uh, take our first break here is Tua Tagvola. There's some mixed feelings about Tua. I get that they upgraded the weapons, added Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams coming back from injury, Mike Kiseki. So some decent weapons, but you're also changing the offense from Shane Gailey to the running back uh, tight ends coach combination that's uh, Eric Studesville and George Godsey. So maybe leaning towards more short to intermediate passing. I don't think they're completely taking the reins off. I know they added Waddle and Fuller with a chance to spread the field, but Fuller, that chemistry could be hard to develop early as he has to miss week one. We know the durability has always been an issue for Fuller. And Waddle, I know him and Tua have a combination, but Waddle just trying to figure out his role in the slot and see what he can do here. So Two, I just don't see the Dolphins leaning a lot on passing and just suddenly taking the leash off and letting uh, Tua do whatever he wants. I think they'll be still contained with what they do. So, again, I know Tua's going into pretty low QB2 at this point, but he's not a guy that I feel like is going to give me much buzz on my bench here in 2021. All right, so there's a look at the quarterbacks. We'll get to the running backs there in our next segment and then close with our receivers, wide receiver and tight end in the final segment. Therefore, you here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. But i got to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto and rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. While you're often pointless with seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. 
You have computers with access, rocket.com, at home, and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. They have everything you could need at rockauto.com. Brake parts, tail lamps, Morella, and even new carpet. Look, I had to look for a tough part for my Honda C-Max, a cover for my side mirror. They had it there. I needed a middle console replacement for my Honda Accord. They had it there as well at rockauto.com. So check it out. They'll have something available for you. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com We'll be right back here to continue our look at my Do Not Draft list, overrated players by ranking in ADP, continuing with the running backs. So we broke down the quarterbacks for you in my Do Not Draft list. These are guys I'm trying to avoid as much as possible based on where they're ranked and where they're going in fantasy football drafts at the moment. Another guy is Jonathan Taylor. Look, we got different news on Jonathan Taylor when I was writing this yesterday, but I'm still a little buyer beware. Right now, he's eighth overall. That's insane, I think, for Jonathan Taylor at this point. I think there's some guys I'm starting to feel better vibes about, including Antonio Gibson. You have Najee Harris here, but Jonathan Taylor, right outside the workhorses that we're talking about, the Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, that tier behind the big four, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, in some order there. Plus, uh, then you look at Ezekiel Elliott. So, Taylor's right after all those guys. I think it's a little bit high because you have Nehemiah Hines in the presence there. I get he had a big season last year. I'm not sure. They said Winston, Carson Wentz, and Quentin Nelson will be ready for the opener. But, again, there's something about this Colts offense I don't love. I think John Taylor will be keyed in as the guy that they try to take away and Wentz has to prove himself a little bit more. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was for Taylor in the second half of his rookie year. I just think it's a little bit uh, reachy there. I think I'd rather think about some wide receiver elite options there beyond when you look at that top uh, tier and a half of running backs. Devontae Adams, uh, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill. I might consider them more than Jonathan Taylor. So it's not that I don't like Taylor. I just don't like him with that spot that early to feel really comfortable the way I would with the traditional workhorses. Good reality player. The fantasy situation might be a little tougher than you think, uh, starting with still a little bit more ambiguity about the injury to the quarterback and their best offensive lineman in the league. So he has to really return value. RB4 is what he finished last year. I think that's going to be a bit of a disappointment here in half-point PPR. That's the format we're using here, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Taylor, in standard leagues, might have a little bit more value separating from name Hines, but again, I'm just going to be wary of overpaying for a hyped player in any situation, and that includes Jonathan Taylor. There's not much hype against Joe Mixon or about Joe Mixon. There's hype against Joe Mixon always. He's always had some durability issues, foot injury last year. Just lingered on. They never really put him on injured reserve. They really didn't focus too much on the offensive line. A few tweaks here and there, hoping for better health up front. But this is going to be a high-passing volume team. I think it screams that with Joe Burrow getting Jamar Chase with the first overall or first round pick. And then you had uh, Tyler Boyd and the T Higgins. We've been talking about the Bengals. They're going to pass a lot. Their defense is in transition. I know they did invest quite a bit in the defense, but it's not going to be one of those elite defenses. And keep in mind, you're in the... NFC or AFC North where you have some very strong 
run defense as well between the Steelers and the Ravens and the Browns. So not a lot of tough sledding or a lot of tough sledding in those six games here. So Joe Mixon, just a guy that I, I want to miss on. I'm fine with it. He's right now ADP 18, ranking 18. So people are taking him as a second round pick in fantasy football. No, thank you. I also don't know exactly what his role is going to be with Chris Evans, the rookie, and some other guys maybe cutting into his third down and receiving work here after uh, having some more durability issues. So Joe Mixon, just not a guy I'm always thrilled to have on my teams here, and I think you could avoid him and do better here ahead of and behind him at running back. The next running back I'll talk about is DeAndre Swift. So DeAndre Swift, again, another player individually I like. I hate this situation. John, the Colts and Jonathan Taylor have a much better situation. Swift's situation is pretty bad here. He's going to be dependent a lot in the passing game. The dump-offs from Jared Goff, that's fine. But you also have TJ Hawkinson to work the short-term intermediate part of the field. You also have Jamal Williams. You cannot forget about him. He's a very good overall back. Can handle pass protection. Good change of pace. Can run pretty well here. So I think it's going to be full-blown committee potentially here for Anthony Lynn taking over this team they want to keep Swift fresh as well because he's so important to their offense overall so just be aware the touches may be limited the Lions are going to be playing from behind a lot of games they between them and the Texans one of them is the worst team in the NFL this year so again when you're a bad team in general you want to avoid them for offensive disappointment but especially a running back who needs a game script to be in his favor against Swift will make up for it catching passes but I don't see a lot of touchdowns for him there and scoring opportunities and again, I don't assume that he's going to get the big workload with uh, Jamal Williams and some other options there in Detroit. The next player is Miles Sanders. Again, some buzz around him. He's going at 35. Uh, so DeAndre Swift was going at 33. Miles Sanders in that same range at 35. So both end of third round fantasy football picks in 12 team leagues in half point PPR. You look at uh, the rankings, however, a uh, few spots lower. 39 for Sanders. Uh, Swift is actually ranked higher 30. But. With Miles Sanders, again, I'm not sure about the committee approach. You also have the former Lion, Kerryon Johnson, in the mix with Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. We're not sure of the new coaching staff. Again, new coaching staffs, offenses in transition. Got to keep all this in mind. Same thing with the Colts. They lost their offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni. It's always a little bit different if you try to keep things up. I know Frank Reich is still calling the plays for the Colts, but here we have different play callers here with Lynn for the Lions. And the Eagles uh, welcome in Sirianni, who moves on from... Indianapolis, so again, he liked the Naeem Hines factor there with Jonathan Taylor, so Boston Scott can do some of those same things. Gainwell is interchangeable with his usage and uh, playing ability as Sanders, so that also does not bode well. So I think it could be a committee playing off Hurts. Again, not an offense. I expect to be explosive, put up a lot of points. Eagles defense also having a few issues. I know they have some playmakers up front. Uh, their defensive front is still pretty good, and uh, they still have Darius Slay in the secondary, but I just don't see them playing ahead in a lot of games here because I think their offense is going to have some limitations. Their offensive line, Andre Dillard a little bit banged up. It's a bit in transition. They're getting a little older with Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson as well. So Travis or Jason Kelsey is also getting up there. So keep all that in mind with Miles Sanders. And again, the situation doesn't read very well for Miles Sanders at this particular moment. The next one I'll talk about next running back is James Robinson. He's going at 47, so right near the end of the fourth round. But look at his ranking, 71. So the industry has this one all right here. I think fantasy football managers are looking at James Robinson. Oh, he was really good last year. But Travis Etienne, first round pick. you got to follow the draft capital here. 
at the end, they keep touting him as this, oh, he'll just be a receiving back and a change of pace. But keep in mind, James Robinson did quite a bit as a receiver. And I don't think you can assume Etienne's going to be limited to just passing down, passing situation work here for the Jaguars. So something to keep in mind, just be careful with that. Again, 47 versus 71 ranking, that is a major disparity here. So again, Etienne has the upside and buzz. I'd rather have the buzzy player. He's going a little later in drafts. He's ranked a little higher as well. So makes no sense to take Robinson this high there. He's not a fourth round pick in fantasy football. Last year was an ultimate steal because a lot of people... Didn't even know about him. He was an undrafted free agent who had a big year for the Jaguars. I think there were some that caught on if you drafted later and you ended up with maybe a middle-round steal here. You're not going to get that with Robinson if the price goes up to the fourth round, especially now in the committee approach. It's not just going to be, oh, here's Etienne and Robinson is still going to be the guy and Etienne the change of pace. I think when you invest as a new team in a player in a new scheme, you're going to try to showcase that player and prove yourself right. That's just how coaches work in this League and James Robinson being phased out for Etienne makes a lot of sense. Next up is Raheem Mostert of the 49ers. His ADP was at 67, so out there uh, beyond the fifth round, uh, well into the sixth. There is ranking is 69. I just can't take Raheem Mostert here because, look, the injuries have been there. We know it. He's a big durability risk. He's a little older. He's had more wear than you think. He played a lot of special teams, and the speed is there, for sure, that's his biggest asset. He's spe- his speed and quickness to be very effective in the zone-blocking running scheme. But Mostert, again, just the injury history, the drafting of Trey Sermon, Jeff Wilson Jr. still around here. This 49ers backfield is deeper than you think. Then he could also have Trey Lance running a little bit more to cut into what Mostert does. So I just don't trust him to stay healthy and productive. And I feel like I can do better with durability, especially... If there's a chance that Mostert could be in a committee as well, I want to avoid him there. So I'd take him a little bit later, a few rounds later, but I'd rather have the upside of Trey Sermon from the 49ers backfield than forcing Mostert here in the mix. Next up is Melvin Gordon. This one's easy. His uh, ADP is 75, so he's going in the seventh round. He has a ranking of 68, so a little bit uh, better there. Sixth round. I just don't see Melvin Gordon continuing to have a big role. He was a pleasant surprise last year. I didn't think he was going to do much there into the transition for Denver, but he followed the money. They gave him a role, and he produced pretty decent. He had good yards per carry. was rather efficient as a runner, but they didn't really have much else there. Phil Lindsay was being phased out, and he eventually moved on to the Texans. Royce Freeman didn't get as much work there. So Melvin Gordon now has to contend, however, with Javante Williams, the rookie from North Carolina. So... Really tough to like Gordon with Williams in the mix. I think Gordon could be relegated to passing situations where they help in pass protection and looking at uh, his receiving skills here that are more natural than Javante Williams. But that's going to be kind of his veteran role here going forward. So kind of reverse from the development that happened with Austin Eckler there with the Chargers in this situation. Gordon uh, being phased out in a different way. Javante Williams, the power back, the closing back, the finishing back. All that kind of stuff. Uh, and he'll develop in time, you know, as a passing down asset as well. So Gordon's time is limited here for significant touches in Denver, and that makes him too high there. At ADP 71 and 78, these are the two Buccaneers back. Ronald Jones second and Leonard Fournette. And then the rankings are right there, 73 and 82. So, look, that tells you that no one is pretty clear on how the Buccaneers are going to distribute the workload here. Jones, I know, is not a special receiver. He's a power back, has some explosiveness. Fournette, 
He's developed himself into a good pass catcher, and that's been able to keep himself on the field. He was a factor rushing in the playoffs as well, but things are going to stay rather even. You're looking at a flex at best. That's high investment in a flex when you're looking at sixth or seventh round here. You might have some other upside at a wide receiver that you can look at or find a starting tight end or wait for your quarterback here. This rank, taking these guys in that range just doesn't have a lot of appeal when they're splitting things, I think, a round or two later. You can explore Jones or Fournette, but with the uncertainty and week-to-week and who goes off and game script and the matchups and all that, it's hard to really want to have a part in the Buccaneers' backfield here following what we know from 2020. Next up is David Johnson. He has an ADP of 82, a ranking of 78. Well, look, I think this is going to change pretty quickly because Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram were listed ahead of him on the depth chart here early. So, yeah, that is something that uh, is definitely worth watching. Very notable that already David Johnson is being displaced here. And it's a bad offensive team, potentially without Deshaun Watson, a bad team overall. David Johnson d- does have an asset as a pass catcher, but... Lindsay is a little bit underrated in those situations as well. I think Lindsay will primarily be a runner. Johnson might be used as a bit of a hybrid to help their passing game, where right now the best options look to be Brandon Cooks for sure, but then you have uh, Nico Collins and uh, Anthony Miller, the newcomers here. So Johnson might be needed more in the passing game, that type of role, and a bit of a hybrid role, but that's going to be a limited role here, while Philip Lindsay is probably going to take over this backfield with the more significant touches, whatever they are here with a team that uh, may be severely limited in the offense and the passing game specifically, and defense for sure is going to take a lot of lumps here in 2021. The last two I'll mention, also a combination of running backs, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. I am tired of trying to figure this out. Last year we were all in on Moss, and he had some return early, but then he got hurt. Singletary didn't really do much. Their roles are kind of piecemealed together in this committee approach. It's also a very pass-first, pass-forward team with a Josh Allen. Josh Allen's running also cuts into these guys' value here. So just not interested, again, in trying to squeeze out value. And when these guys are splitting times of flex, it's not like there's always room for both of them to produce because you look at the Buccaneers' offense. There's uh, the wide receivers, and you got the tight ends. There's just other guys who can produce, and Tom Brady can just be fine thrown through the air. Same thing with Josh Allen. With his arm and his legs, looking at some of the weapons there, you got uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Now in the mix with Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, uh, Stefan Diggs established. I think you'll get more out of tight end, whether it's Dawson Knox or Jacob Hollister as well. So they're going to stick to the bread and butter, Bills and Buccaneers passing team. The running game is more complimentary. I think they could use that. I think the Bills should follow the Bucks' lead and try to figure out how to work in Moss and Singletary to take some pressure off the QB. But... Do I like any of that for standalone fantasy football? I would say no here in 2021. I'm going to avoid the Bills and Buccaneers backfield situations as much as possible in drafts unless I get a discount for either Jones, Fournette, Moss, or Singletary. Before we get into the wide receivers and tight ends to close this Thursday edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football from my Do Not Draft list, i got to remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch or kickoff, head over to Bet Online or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their runs to the MLB postseason and continue 
to build their momentum for the NFL season in the preseason. We got the full slate of games this weekend to check out as well. So get in on the action out of Bet Online. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Enter the promo code locked on at Bet Online and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We'll be right back here to close the show looking at the wide receivers and tight ends to try to avoid in fantasy football 2021 based on ADP and ranking. All right, uh, we have uh, several more players to get through. We took care of the quarterbacks and running backs on my do not draft list. And when we say do not draft, this is not absolute. There are some players, yeah, if they're available later in the draft, you would take as good value. But I don't like taking players who are not good value. And one of them, to me, is Keenan Allen at number 29. So... He, he was wide receiver 18 last year. He's going pretty high. He's going in the third round here, 29 overall. His ranking is 23. Like, I love Keenan Allen, the player. He's a great reality player, but he gets a lot of catches. That's his calling card. The yards are not always big, and the touchdowns are not big in general for Keenan Allen. So, look, is he the elite receiver that we're looking at in wide receiver one category? I don't think he falls into that tier. I think as a wide receiver, too, I think there's a lot of guys with upside and scoring potential and big play potential that you look that have a little bit more than Keenan Allen. And I think this passing game with Joe Lombardi is going to be more diversified. They're going to use Mike Williams. They're going to use the rookie Josh Palmer. They have Jalen Guyton and some other youngsters they could look at at wide receiver to help. But Jared Cook, we know tight end, is a big part of what they do in the Joe Lombardi Saints style of offense here. Throwing intermediate routes, you also have uh, Austin Eckler, your version of Alvin Kamara. So... I think Keenan Allen may not see those dominant targets. Justin Herbert will have more confidence there away from his rookie season to spread the ball around a little bit more. So Keenan Allen, a little bit overrated to me at 29 in ADP, 23rd in ranking. I don't like Julio Jones, and he's a straight-up avoid for me. 39 is the ADP, so that's a pretty high price here for Julio Jones. Early fourth-round pick in 12-team leagues and half-point PPR. And the ranking is right there at 40. Julio Jones is just hard to trust to say healthy. He's 32. He's... uh, had a lot of durability issues, soft tissue issues. Uh, he tends to play it with it, which is even more frustrating because he can be limited and be out there, then tweak something and be out of the game again. Missing time, however, really happened last year. So before he could just play through everything, he couldn't practice all week if he was ailing and had to rest something and come back out there and perform. But now it's been harder and harder to do that as he's gotten older here. And... I just don't trust him to stay healthy, and this is unfortunate because it's key for A.J. Brown, it's key for the running game, it's key for Ryan Tannehill for Julio Jones to stay healthy. Corey Davis was very durable last year. I think you're looking at more of a wide receiver three, pretty deep here. Davis is wide receiver 29, so look, I'm going there, wide receiver three, not wide receiver two, and that's a high cost here for Jones with the ADP of 39 and the ranking of 40, avoiding Julio Jones altogether. Durability and age says red flag and red flag number two. Get away from Julio Jones. Adam Thielen, I was down on last year, but he showed it to me. Well, he only had 74 catches for 925 yards. That's a solid number. But the big number for Adam Thielen was the 14 touchdowns. Insane amount of touchdowns. He once hit close to that, but nothing big time as a scorer that that said he was going to do that from his past. Justin Jefferson is the alpha now. He replaced Stephon Diggs, and now he shot past Thielen. Thielen is going to be soon 31 so, I, I just think there's going to be touchdown regression there. I don't love him right now as a fourth-round pick. I would maybe consider him as a fifth or sixth-round pick. 
Thielen is not off my list totally the way Julio Jones is because of the age. Because, again, he's been relatively durable and productive here. He's had a couple seasons where he's missed significant time early in his career. But the age is a concern and also the diminishing role and not getting close to putting up that many touchdowns. Michael Thomas, ADP is still 59. It's going to keep going down. 115, however, is the ranking. So that shows the disparity. People are still drafting the name Michael Thomas. They're not realizing the situation that he's still hurting from his ankle injury. He's not happy with the team. They could shelve him for a while and then trade him at the trade deadline. So you may not get early value at all for Michael Thomas. So avoid, avoid, avoid. Just take Michael Thomas off your list. Just don't try to squeeze in. The value, it's too unpredictable. And the injury is really concerning that it's uh, going into a second year. DJ Moore, I like DJ Moore. He's been on my fantasy teams a couple times. His ADP is 58. Ranking is 42, however. So I don't think of him as a four-time pick. Like, he was a wide receiver 17, so that's pretty good. But Christian McCaffrey was not available there, so they needed to make up with it. And he's also very big play dependent. He's not a big-time scorer. We've seen that. He's not a guy that gets a lot of targets in the red zone. He's big play dependent. He doesn't get a lot of volume necessarily. He needs one or two big plays there. So... And that's not the kind of receiver I really like. I want some consistency there. Uh, look, he got through the numbers last year that would say he's wide receiver too, but he's very volatile, goes up and down. Now you have Robbie Anderson reunited with Sam Darnold. I think you'll see more receivers involved, including Terrace Marshall and Dan Arnold at tight end. And don't forget, McCaffrey's back. He's going to dominate a lot of the targets there. Like he's going to cut into more Anderson and all these other guys. So I'd rather take Anderson at a discount versus more trying to reach him reach for him this high. DJ Moore, I think, has kind of showed us what he is. I don't think he's going to shoot past what he is right now in the NFL. Uh, Occasional big play guy. Scores sometimes, but really needs the big catches to uh, cement his production in any given week. The next guy is Tyler Lockett. I like Tyler Lockett, and he's rightfully dropping. He's wide receiver 11, kind of inflated with the 100 receptions and 10 TDs. I don't know if he's going to hit either of those marks. Definitely not the touchdowns. He's more of a possession guy versus a big play guy at this point, as DK Metcalf has been the outside burner now. He's more the traditional number one with his size, speed, and strength. Lockett is more of a complementary receiver. So, again, he's down there at wide receiver two there for sure, but I think he could even fall at wide receiver three. I think they'll involve more people in the pass game. The backs, uh, tight end Gerald Everett, uh, maybe a little bit of Will Disley at that position as well. And uh, a lot of depth now at wide receiver that I think Shane Waldron will take advantage of. So, Tyler Lockett has dominated targets, but I think Metcalf clearly separates a little bit more as the number one there. Lockett has a bit of scoring regression and uh, reception regression here in 2021. As he gets a little older there overall, that uh, just definitely changes things as we go forward. So you're not drafting past production, you're drafting for the future. Lockett has been a very good fantasy football asset, but he's slowly getting up there. And this passing game is uh, shifting towards Metcalf being the man now in Seattle. T. Higgins, he's the guy in the middle that is caught between Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. So I like Higgins in general because he's got a good established chemistry in the pros with Joe Burrow as the outside number one. He had a big career at Clemson, so this talent is certainly there. But Jamar Chase is clearly going to be the number one coming in. He's got the better, more established, longer-term connection with Joe Burrow going back to LSU. Tyler Boyd in the slot. Joe Burrow likes throwing the middle field. We saw with the tight ends and the slot last year when healthy. So Boyd being active in the slot, Chase acting like a number one. So Higgins is somewhere caught in between. Is he a big playmaker occasionally? Is he a scorer occasionally? Does he get enough volume in relation to the other two? A lot of question marks. Right now he's going at ADP 73, so right there borderline 
sixth or seventh round pick. His ranking is 62. Again, I'd rather go for the big time upside of Chase, go a little earlier, or take the value and bargain with Boyd. But in in the middle, Higgins is not returning the same for me. Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy that's completely off my wrist, he, list. He's ranked 80th, so he's going still as a seventh round pick here, and a 77 and 80th. So right there is a seventh round pick in fantasy. Same thing here. I don't like the guy. It's a little different in this situation because Juju is a slot versus Tyler Boyd as well. But I like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool being the key two targets here. So it's really hard to support three targets on a team to your liking. Someone's going to be the odd person out. You can't just rank them all near. But Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool will be an interesting battle to see who's the better scorer there. So that would say Claypool is the better value because it's going to be pretty close with Johnson. But Juju, we saw, need a lot of volume. Didn't get a lot of yards per catch last year. Doesn't look like he'll be in Pittsburgh beyond this year. Came back on a one-year bargain deal. So all that said, uh, Johnson Claypool, a lot more interest. Juju Smith-Schuster, no interest here with the wear, worn down and arm-weary Ben Roethlisberger. Devonta Smith, I like Devonta Smith, the player. I loved him in Alabama. Great Heisman winning receiver. Very rare for that position. And I just don't like him right now. The Eagles offense, Jalen Hurts. So Eagles offense, I, I, they've come on here tw- three times now with Jalen Hurts and... Miles Sanders and Devontae Smith. The guy I actually like most, we talked about at tight end, is Dallas Goddard. I think he's going to be involved a lot here. But Devontae Smith being hurt early also assumes that Jalen Rieger, Quez Watkins, some of these other receivers won't be factors. Devontae Smith, I think, will need a year to settle in and for the Eagles to figure out quarterback to feel comfortable with him. Next up is Debo Samuel. Again, the injuries are really concerned here. ADP 84, so right there in the Seventh round, ranking is 90. I love Brandon Ayuk, but someone's got to be the odd person out again. Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. I know I'm comfortable with their values. Here, Samuel, I'm not too comfortable with this. He's just too big of a durability risk. He relies a lot on making things happen after the catch, after short passes. Ayuk, I think, is a better all-around receiver. They're a bit interchangeable in that particular skill set, but Ayuk, I think, is just the better player and more valuable. Debo Samuel is more of a cog. I see Ayuk being more of a regular receiver here for the 49ers. So certainly Ayuk, I'm fine with going up there and getting him as a high upside QB2. I'll be wary of getting Debo Samuel as a wide receiver 3. So wide receiver 2 for sure for Ayuk. Kittle, if he stays healthy, that's also going to hurt Debo Samuel. Again, the durability issues with Samuel also cannot be ignored. At 119 in ADP is Marquise Hollywood-Brown. He's ranked 124. So getting a little deeper here. 10th round type pick. You have Rashad Bateman. There, you have Sammy Watkins. This is not a high-volume passing team. You have Mark Andrews as well. I just don't love the Ravens' offense. I don't want to invest a lot in the passing game. I still think they'll be a heavy running team. Look where the strengths are. Lamar Jackson playing off J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. They like that one-two punch in the backfield. Those are the guys who are going to produce. And I like Edwards there as a deeper flex versus going after Hollywood Brown here. So, again, something with the Ravens. Marquise Brown is just not my type of player. I don't like the Deshaun Jackson. Big play dependent can disappear for multiple games, then have a few big plays in a few games and be productive. So Hollywood Brown, just not my type of receiver, and he'll probably stay on this list until he moves into a different style of offense. Brandon Cooks, he's never super exciting when you draft him, but he gets the job done. We've seen it him produce everywhere. The Saints, Patriots, and Rams. He was a wide receiver 16 with Deshaun Watson out of necessity because they lost uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Will Fuller wasn't available, so Cooks had to be the man here. So Cooks is always utilitarian. He can do whatever you need. 
He's good on the outside with his quickness. Uh, you can get the ball to him in different ways. But, again, I don't love it with Terry Taylor. I don't like the Texans' vibe offensively at all here without Deshaun Watson of Cooks. Just someone I don't need invest in. I think I can do much better there at wide receiver versus waiting and trying to get some value from Cooks this late in the draft. Will Fuller, just not a fan of him. Speaking of Cooks and Fuller going to the Dolphins, going to miss the first game right away. Big durability risk waiting to happen. Every year it's a hamstring or soft tissue or something with Will Fuller there. And I don't think that'll certainly disappear with the Dolphins. You also have to fight through some crowd here where Devontae Parker and Mike Isecki are established. You also have Jalen Waddell who has familiarity with Tua Tagvola from Alabama. So Will Fuller not uh, interested in him at all. So that takes care of the wide receivers on my do not draft list. Let's go to overrated fantasy tight ends. One is Mark Andrews. Look, fifth round is not that bad. He's 51 in ADP, 54 in ranking. That's not terrible to invest in tight end. I think it's a little rich, however, this year with some better values when you can go up and get Travis Kelsey or Kittle or Darren Waller, or then you look right behind and there's Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson in that same range. So I think Hawkinson's going way up as the necessity of Detroit. Andrews, there's more people to spread the ball around to in Baltimore. I think he's peaked a little bit with what he's done here as they try to diversify the passing game with more wide receivers there. So that hurts a little bit with uh, Andrews. But, yeah, it's that middle range. We Remember we talked about Lamar Jackson and his quarterback being the same thing. So that you had Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Josh Allen ahead. He had these great values after. So Andrews was great when there was a big drop-off there at the next tight end. But now that there isn't, that and there are a lot of options there including Pitts and Hawkinson and Dallas Goddard to some degree Noah Fant then that's a little too rich here for that expense the next player is Rob Gronkowski he's going at 106 so big drop off there obviously from Mark Andrews going uh, more than 50 spots later the ranking is 132 and the ranking should tell you that the ADP is way too high you have OJ Howard returning from injury Cameron Brake still there Antonio Brown for a full season he wasn't there he trusts the backs. Tom Brady does. He's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as well. So it's just hard to feed everyone in this Buccaneers offense. I think it'll flow mostly through the wide receivers this year. They do like to use more 11 personnel Bruce Arians in general. He kind of worked in the tight ends a little bit extra last year. So that also hurts Gronkowski in some phases. So Gronk will be out there. I just don't see him having the return that you expect here with the crowded room, especially even at tight end, even before you get to the wide receivers, who I still think are going to be the focal point of the passing game for Tom Brady. Robert Tunyon is going pretty low. You say, why? He had 11 touchdowns last year. It was big, but only had 52 catches last year, 59 targets. So touchdown regression is a big reason why you avoid players and why they get inflated the next year. His ranking is actually 93. So He's not going anywhere. He's a big part of uh, Aaron Rodgers and what he wants to do in the offense, playing off Devontae Adams. But they should get a little bit more with wide receivers, Randall Cobb in the mix, and Amari Rodgers could have a role here, adding to Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Al Lazard. So I don't think they'll be as tight end dependent in Green Bay. We know tight end has been kind of fickle the way Rodgers operates with one going back a long time in this uh, Packers offense. Now we have to go back to a combo here that we don't like. It's the Combination of Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, 158 ADP for Smith, 145 for Hunter Henry. Jonu Smith is ranked 20, and uh, you have Hunter Henry ranked 135. So interesting there that Hunter Henry is the guy that's uh, going a round and a pick earlier than Jonu Smith, but you look at the rankings, Jonu Smith is ranked 
around and three picks ahead of Hunter Henry. So Henry's dealing with a shoulder injury right now. He's got durability issues that still carry from his time with the Chargers. Jeremy Smith is no durable guy either. The strange thing is it'll help if one of the other gets hurt, but if they're in a committee together, keeping each other fresh and being blocking roles, helping this uh, strong offensive line and set things up and making things easier for Cam Newton, I don't like either the upside of Newton or Mac Jones in this passing game. So Smith and Henry, look, it could easily be Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne getting a lot of catches in this mix. It could be very run-heavy as well, where these guys are pretty much head down, paving the way for Sonny Michelle and Damian Harris and the rest of their back. So I'm going to avoid that Patriots combo. And finally, Evan Ingram. He's a name that uh, can make people groan in fantasy football from the past. His ADP is 169. His ranking is 121. So don't follow the ranking here. Follow the drafters. Avoid him, avoid him, avoid him. He was tight end 18 last year. I don't like the situation. Kyle Rudolph is there. A lot more depth at wide receiver. Saquon Barkley out of the backfield as well to catch passes from Daniel Jones. So it's over for Evan Ingram. It was a nice run. He had some special skills early, way back in the day with Eli Manning, but they haven't translated well with Daniel Jones. And Ingram has also not had durability on the side now. Just the talent and the age and wear and all that are not exactly what you're looking for overall in a late-round value tight end in fantasy football. So there you have it. There's my do not draft list for 2021. These are guys that you have to be careful. They're a little overrated by ADP and ranking, and uh, you don't want to fall in the traps of these players. So that's uh, something you have to keep in mind when you're filling out your cheat sheets. Maybe just keep a note of them. These are guys at certain points of the draft you want to avoid. We'll do the flip side of this coming up, uh, looking at the steals, uh, the values and best average draft position and ranking opportunities here for you to take advantage of in 2021 so we'll do that there are the flip side of this uh, following the fantasy football bus betting on the nfl doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast for this edition of locked on fantasy football this has been video have a great day see you tomorrow as we keep progressing to have you dominate your fantasy football drafts here in 2021.